Next on BYUSN, the quarterback matchups are announced for the alumni game. Pretty big. Going to be fun. Plus, former quarterback Riley Nelson's spring practice expectations for Peter Slopes. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfit of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, March 9th, best day of the week. Dave McCann, Brian Logan. You were at practice yesterday. What did you think? Uh, I was, I was, I was really blown away. Really, um, completely different team, different feel, energy, vibe. I'm excited. I mean, I, I was at times. I was on the field with the guys, um, jumping up and down. I was, I was in little huddles. Uh, followed the corners, you know, obviously, but yeah. it, it, it's a completely different, different feel. It, it, to me, it's a completely different team. Obviously, guys. Um, you know, are, have, have left, graduated, right. some are, are going to the NFL, but man, it, it's just, it's, it's a new day for BYU yeah. football. Good to hear. Good to hear. What do we got today? Um, we have the alumni game rosters announced, which is exciting for me. I've been training for this for the, since the, since, since I stepped off the field last year, I've been, I've been training, so Good. I'm ready. Uh, Riley Nelson on Keaton Slovis and spring practice. Uh, and then Paul Volter, Caleb Witz, uh, Witzkin, joins us uh, on the day before the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships. Here are today's headlines. And the biggest one, of course, BYU alumni game rosters revealed. Team Royal will be led by Heisman winning quarterback Ty Detmer and Max Hall, the winningest quarterback in BYU history. On the other side, Team Navy quarterback John Beck and his 11,000 yards are coming back to town. Brandon Doman, Brian Logan also on that roster with David Nixon. More on this group coming up in what's trending. By the way, you can watch this alumni game live on March 31st right here on BYU TV. Let's go. BYU baseball is at Creighton tonight to begin a three-game series with the Blue Jays. You can listen to the game live at 7 Eastern on the BYU radio app. Brad Prolo from BYU Swimming qualifies for Nationals in the 200 fly. Mickey Strauss qualifies in the three-meter dive. Nationals are later this month in Minneapolis. Yoli Child scores 14 points and grabs nine boards for Hamburg in a 91-74 win over Paris in EuroLeague play. Eric Mika continues his hot streak with 16 points and eight boards in a G League Ignite loss. All rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending? Lots of quarterbacks in that video clip. A handful of them coming back for the alumni game. Much more on that in a couple of moments. Let's start with the current quarterback situation at spring practice. The team went through its second workout on Wednesday. So far, head coach Kalani Sataki is happy with what he sees at the quarterback position. I thought it looked great. I thought all the quarterbacks looked really good. So uh, no complaints there with the QB. There's a lot of talent in that room. Bilo, are you expecting greatness from Keaton Slovis right away? I, I'm, I'm hoping for it. Um, I don't know if I'm expecting it. You know, like, like I said earlier, the, the guys look good, the team looked good, he looked good yesterday, but I need to see it, I need to see it live, right? I, I need to see what's gonna happen when, when it counts and when it matters. Um, anybody, so, so when I used to play, we used to call certain uh, players uh, practice All-Americans. You're a practice All-American, meaning you, you um, light it up, 
you know, you, you do everything right. You look like an All-American when you're practicing, but when you're in the game, you suck. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that's going to happen with him. It, it's just, it's a, it's a different mentality when you are in game situation. And then obviously for a quarterback, it's completely different as well because, you know, as, as we know, we, we're not allowed to touch the quarterbacks. And, and so it's hard for a defense or I would say for even an offense to get a good gauge on if the quarterback is getting sacked, if, if there's truly pressure there, um, because he could sit back and know, you know what, I'm not going to get hit. I don't have to worry about anything up front. So I'm going to stay cool, calm and collective. And I'm going to, you know, throw these BBs, which is what we're seeing, you know, at, at practice. Um, however, his his experience uh, up to his you know career up, up to this point, it, it gives me that confidence that what I'm seeing in in practice for spring ball can carry over um, to 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 the field. And and so you know the the fact that he's had so much experience, he he can come in, know the plays, pick up on the playbook. I, I'm 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 optimistic. You know, um, I, I've had some experiences in the past with quarterbacks uh, in spring ball or, or fall camp that looked amazing. And then when we got onto the field and, and when the season started, it, so was much. it was completely different. So I, I don't feel this way with him. Greatness is a, is a, is a big word. Um, uh, can he be great? Uh, you know, time will tell. Um, yeah. but, what, but a quality of greatness is, is leadership. And when you think of all the great quarterbacks at BYU, leadership's like their number one trait. Yeah. And then they could make the throws, and then they could do dramatic things. Jim McMahon was a leader. Mark Wilson was a leader. Gifford Nielsen was a leader. Gary Shadi was a leader. Yeah. Then you go to the other side. Steve Young, Robbie Bosco, and on and on and on. Uh, Jaron Hall was the leader. Before him, Zach Wilson was a leader. And then they made the great throws. Yeah. I think this is where it's important in spring to become the leader. Uh, and then you go into off uh, off-season drills in the summer and individual workouts and all that stuff to come back in the fall camp. This is where he can be great. Yeah. It's like, hey, I came from USC and Pitt and I played in all these P5 games, uh, but I'm here now and I'm going to do what you're going to do. I'm going to win your trust. And we'll talk to Riley Nelson about that in a couple minutes. But this is the way we're going to go and lead. And as he leads, he can become great. Yeah. That, I think it's where you get the stamp. And it might not be that they went 10-2. Uh, and two. It might be that he was great in the first year of the Big 12 because he led them into a six, seven, eight win season. And, and then we'll remember him as, man, he came in and, and, and he was great. Why yeah. was he great? Because he led. You, you make a really, really, really good point um, when it comes to leadership. And, and you know, I don't want to say any names, but think, think back recently, um, maybe over the last 10 years when, when BYU went independent. And, you know, we've, we've obviously had a number of different quarterbacks because of injuries. And, and the guys that have had opportunities to, to step in and fill and, 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 you know, take on that role, the teams that rallied or the offenses that rallied around, you know, those quarterbacks that had an opportunity were leaders, right? And, and you would hear stories of the guys that said you, uh, that, you know, you don't know what this, what this guy is doing behind the scenes, right? He, he may be quarterback number two or quarterback number three, but we see him early in the morning. We see him late, uh, you know, practicing with us. You know, this is the number two quarterback, and he is spending an hour after practice is over throwing balls to us. So when it's his turn to get in the game, we already have that chemistry. We already have that relationship built up. And, and you know, speaking of, of Riley, I, I remember um, after I was done in 2010, coming back and, and watching some of the practices, and Bronco at the time uh, introduced the, the, the black um, swag, right, the, the – 
the, the black gloves and the black cleats. And in order to, to, to get the equipment, you had to be on special teams and you had to do something special. So I remember Riley running down and practice on, on kickoff and being on kickoff return because, you know, one, yeah, everybody's trying to get the black swag. But two, that's just the type of leader he, he, he was, right? And he is. Um, and so when, when I saw that, um, I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's crazy, like for a quarterback. Right. But then when, it, when, when, he, when he had this opportunity later on that season to step in Utah State, what happened? Not only did the, 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 the guys rally around him, but the fans rallied around him. The community ran, rallied around him because of, of that leadership. So I, 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 think, I, think, I think you're right. I think, you know, uh, Slovis has the intangibles. He, he has, um, you know, the, the maturity to pick up the playbook. But now it's how can I gain the trust of, of, of my guys in, in, in being a leader? And in, in college, you got you to gotta, you gotta show them. Yeah. Like, Follow me, boys. Uh, in, in the pros, you know, Aaron, Rodger, Aaron Rodgers could show up at the Jets and go, I'm Aaron Rodgers, you're all following me, and, yeah. and they will. But, but in college, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, before I follow you, mm-hmm. show me you're willing to do everything that, that is required yeah. of a leader. And if he does that in spring, then he will be as big of a find as Aaron Roderick yeah. thinks he is already leading them into the Big 12. Absolutely. Just, just like with the example with Riley, you know, that, that was more of a follow me, right? Let me, let me show you guys. Yeah. Instead of, instead of, hey, you guys need to do this. And we, we talk about this all the time in pre- and post-game shows when, when players don't produce and, and, and they walk up to the huddles and, and, or they stand on the benches and they get all rah, rah, rah. We're, you know, us as players, we're like, sit down and shut up. You Make a play first and then, yeah. you know, I may consider listening to you. That's dude. what made Kyle Van Noy so great. Yeah. Because yeah. he was rally on the sideline, and he was the one out making plays. Yep. And Riley's the perfect guy to talk to about Keaton Slovis and, and spring football because we saw the team follow him yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and dig their way out of a challenge, and they put together some good games. So that's coming up here in just yeah. a few minutes. There are other quarterbacks to talk about today. Yeah, you know what? Um, so let's talk about this alumni game for our, our topic uh, two. Um, which alumni game quarterback are you most excited to see play? We already mentioned it's uh, Detmer, Hall, Beck, Doman, Matt Berry, and maybe a sixth. That seems yeah. to be the spot left. Maybe, uh, maybe a lefty from the Bay Area might be able to come Steve, late. Steve Young. A late addition. But let's, uh, let, last year's game was, I don't know how we live up to last year's game. It was a Hail Mary finish. Brian Keel catches the winning touchdown pass. <laughs> you can't even script that. Right. Max right, Hall right. Was, was back at the stadium. Uh, Kevin Federick was in there throwing. It was just, there's Mitch Matthews catching a touchdown. You can still get up. Yep. You can still get up. But this was a, uh, it was a lot of fun in the inaugural um, game at the stadium and now we come back and it feels like it's bigger and better as as we look at this rosters and that's the finish right there and there's Brian Keel and let me tell you he has embellished that story <laughs> every day since now he's coming back yeah, and yeah. and we'll see if he can he can repeat it but the fact that Ty Detmer is returning to Lavelle Edwards Stadium yeah. the only Heisman Trophy winner in the history of the program to participate in this uh, alumni game yeah. is spectacular as we watch him work. How big of a deal is it to have Ty on the roster? It's, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, so I, I, would say, I would say this. When we started hearing, you know, the rumors of, of who was going to be, you know, on, um, as far as the quarterbacks, you know, we heard Ty Detmer, we heard, you know, Steve Young, we heard John Beck. I immediately, from a, from a celebrity standpoint was like, I was like, oh, my God. Oh my gosh! I get to be around, and then I started really. Then it hit me. Then reality hit me, and I said, "Wait a minute, 
I could be going up against these guys. Yeah. I need to get ready. You're going up against Ty Detmer. I, I need, yeah, I need to get ready, like, right? Like, I started getting nervous. And so <laughs> I, I, you know, went to the gym, uh, started doing some cardio. Um, and then I even, I talked to, to, to Tom Homo at a, a women's basketball game. Yeah. And I said, hey, Tom, I'm trying to get ready for, for the alumni game. Do you think Kalani would let me practice with the DBs? And, he, you know, he starts laughing. And then yesterday, that was my opportunity. So I, I talked to Coach G, and I said, Coach, uh, well, well, first I talked to Kalani. I said, hey, can I practice with, 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 the, with the DBs? He was like, I don't care. You can talk to Coach G. So I went, you know, to, to sit down with Coach G, and I was, like, I was like, Coach, are you playing? And he was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to play yet, you know. He's on the roster. You know, last year, this, and I might just be a sideline coach. And I said, you know Steve Young might play, right? And he goes, oh, oh, wait a minute. If Steve Young's playing, I'm playing. You know what it'd be like to get to intercept a ball from Steve Young, and that's how I think a lot Maybe of. That's why Steve isn't on the that, roster. You know, it, you know what? So, so I, you know, with that being said, when 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 you hear the the rumors and and you understand the quarterback factory, right? And think about it from a DB standpoint. We're both saying we would love to get to to have an opportunity to intercept a ball from Steve Young. Think about on the other side, the receivers. What, what do you think about what they're saying? These guys that, that grew up watching John Beck or, or, or Ty and, and, man, have an opportunity to play with these legends is, is, is a whole nother level. It's one thing to go out as a player and, and understand what this, what this logo represents and the guys before, but it's another, it's another world. You know, you see, you see the smile on my face and how I'm lighting up. It's another world to be able to literally be stand by, you know, side by side with these guys and be able to go to battle. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal. And, you know, I'm, I'm and a little bit, I'm a little bit of me, I'm kind of happy that Steve isn't coming. Because I, I told my mom. I'm not ruling him out. We're just saying. He's okay. not on the roster. Okay, well, never mind then. I'm still Let's little, talk about John I'm, Beck. I'm a little nervous then. John Beck is, is coming back. Yeah. Uh, and, and he had a, a, a unique BYU story when he played for two head coaches. Um, and he played young, and as he grew and developed, he turned into this amazing quarterback, over 11,000 yards, yeah. number three all-time at BYU. But he has a different investment in BYU football. Let's see, he, he coached and trained Zach Wilson in the yeah. offseason. He coached and trained Jaron Hall in the offseason. Yeah. He coached and trained Keaton Slovis in the offseason. Yeah. He was the go-between to get Slovis and BYU together to where now Slovis is the quarterback, and now John Beck's coming back onto the field. Yeah, you know, it, it's... Um it's it's a it's a it's amazing how he's still connected, right? Well, one his career, but then two still connected. Um, and and when when I think about John Beck, I think of X's and O's, right? Somebody that just knows the game of football. And um, again, even though we're we're done and we're not playing anymore, guys like myself to to, to be around legends like this that that you can pick their brain. Right. And from a quarterback standpoint, a quarterback has to know every position, like literally on his his side and the other side. And so, you know, guys that are, are smart, guys that have had experience and they take advantage and put the work in, you know, like John, there, there's there's a, a, a you know, infinity amount of, of, of information that that he can give to us. And um, again, just to be around his presence um, is 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 going to be amazing. And, and, I, and, and Matt, I, what about Max? Max comes back as the defending champion, Max Hall. Also won yeah. more games than any of the big-name quarterbacks in the history of BYU. And I don't think anyone had more fun last year oh, yeah, than absolutely. Max to just come back to BYU. Yeah. He'd been through a lot of struggles off the field over the years. He comes back. He relaxes. He throws the football around. He's around his yeah. friends. We interviewed him like five times. <laughs> 
And uh, it's a smile started here, went all the way yeah. over to here for Max. Hall. You, you know, it, the, the thing that warmed my heart with, with Max was he, he was he said, you know, I was I was really taken away by, um, you know, how welcoming everybody was. You know, the things that I went through in my past for me to come back and that not to be an issue and people to, to welcome me with with open arms and loving arms. He was like, that, that's 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 the best feeling. Uh, you know, other than, than playing with you guys. And um, to, to, to me, so, so when I think about John Beck, I think, okay, X's and O's, you know, strategy. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to ask him about these questions. When I see Max, I'm ready to go to war, you know. <laughs> and, and I may be a little bit biased because I played with him, right? Like, and he used to yell at us in, in close games, like, get a stop and, you know, all that. But he, he, he's just somebody that's a competitor. And, and when I see Max, I'm like, yo, where I need to go? I, do you want me to run into this wall? Like, do you, what, what you want me to do? You know, um, I'm, I'm ready to, to fight with you. And, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, quarterbacks that, that have that, that leadership role, that, that, that is Max 100% because you see him talk on the sideline, but then you see him produce. And then you see, you see that little nastiness of him as well, getting people's faces. So yeah. it rubs off on you. Brandon Doman also at quarterback. A couple other names on the defense. By the way, all the big-name receivers are coming back and the tight ends and all that. Dewey Gray, Aaron Francisco, Gennaro Guilford, Isaiah Kafusi with the Royals, David Nixon, our broadcast partner, Brian Logan, Brian Keel, Andrew Rich, Brandon Ogletree, some of the guys on the Navy my, defense. My entire secondary. That's, that's my entire secondary. It's going to be awesome. The question of the day is this. Which BYU alum are you most excited to watch play in the alumni game? March 31st. Live right here on BYU TV. Ben Peterson on Twitter writes, I grew up watching Ty Detmer. I think it's great that he'll be back on campus in the quarterback position. I have a feeling throughout the day on social media yeah. that it's going to be Ty, yeah. Ty, Ty because of how beloved he is and, uh, and what he did when he was here. So continue to weigh in. BYU, hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on this big Thursday. Men's volleyball is back at the Smith Fieldhouse and back on BYU TV. The eighth-ranked Cougars hosts number 15 Ohio State from the Big Ten tomorrow night at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Coming up, spring practice and quarterbacks will ask former Cougar Riley Nelson what he's looking for as BYU preps the Big 12. This is BYU Sports Nation. Riley, 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 Riley. Oh, yeah, we got the festive music going here on this Friday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation here in Studio B. Dave McCann, Brian Logan, one of our favorites, is ready to go. Riley Nelson started 19 games at quarterback at BYU, wrapped up a four-year run as the color analyst on BYU Radio. He knows all about spring practice, joins us. Good morning, Riley. How are we doing? Doing great. This year it's probably more like winter practice as it feels like every morning we wake up with another inch of snow on the ground. But uh, it's great to have football back nonetheless. Seriously, there's too much snow around here. But at least they're all indoors where, where Belo could stay warm all those years. That was important. Yeah, you know, I was, I was at practice yesterday talking to some of the coaches, and, and they were saying how mad, um, you know, they were when they played. They didn't have the IPF like we did. And, and I said, you know what, I'm happy we had the IPF because I wouldn't have came here if that was <laughs> no. the case at all. I mean, let's be honest, during spring ball, there was probably days when B. Logan in the IPF was like, hey, can we get one of those heat cannons <laughs> over here? It's even a little bit too chilly. No, but it, hey, 
whether it was uh, in 95 and humid or it was 20 degrees and frosty, B-Log always came ready to play for the Cougars. That's right. These practices that are spread out between now and, and the middle of April, how important are they for a team that's getting ready for the Big 12? Extremely important. I think a couple of things for specific for this BYU team. Obviously, the defense uh, has new leadership, new coaches, new systems. So that is extremely important. Not to mention, they just they they need to kind of remind themselves of the success that they can have. Right? It, it, they were getting criticized off the field. The play uh, I know for a lot of them wasn't up to their expectations uh, on that side of the ball, and so getting an opportunity in the spring to kind of level set and reset is is great for the defense and then anytime you're replacing a player like jaron hall the offense needs its chance to get out there and you know who's going to step up who's going to rise not just at obviously first and foremost at the quarterback position but around it anytime an offense is bringing in uh, a new quarterback into the program whether or not he started previously at other places or not you need other players around him to stand up. And it's not just Jaron Hall. Obviously, we saw what Blake Freeland did get, getting all that attention uh, at, at the NFL Combine, right? So you're, you're replacing things at the offensive line. Puka Nakua was far and away the best uh, offensive weapon that they had, and, he, and he's not coming back. So there's plenty of this. The spring provides such a great opportunity for the for the next generation of the Jaron Halls, Puka Nakua's, Blake Freeland's. Uh, Riley, speaking of the, the quarterbacks and, and spring ball, and I could say this, I say this respectfully as a defensive player. There's really not a lot of pass rush, right? We, get, we can't touch you guys, we can't even touch you guys off the field or, or else we get in trouble. Um, and, and so when it comes to spring ball, uh, what are some of the quarterback, when it comes to quarterback position, what are some of the things that you guys are practicing? Uh, practicing? Um, what's, what's your focus and your mentality going into a spring ball? People take it for granted, but a big part of the quarterback is just having the offense run smoothly, right? Like you get the play call, you call the play in the huddle, or you you manage communication in no huddle situations and never be in a position where what happens often with uh, especially new quarterbacks in a new system is like you're constantly – the play clock – for a guy who's a multi-year starter and a guy who has been in a system a long time, the playcock almost like fades into the background. It is completely irrelevant to what you're doing out on the field. But for a new quarterback, it becomes a nuisance. And, you know, if you let a few here, you know, slip here or there, first and 15 is a lot worse. Or sorry, yeah, first and 15 is a lot worse than first and 10. And it was all because you couldn't manage the tempo of the offense for pre-snap, right, before the ball's even snapped. So that's a huge thing. Get used to the verbiage. Get used to the checks. Get used to, you know, the protections. Get used to alerting different blitzes. Get used to the side adjust routes. So a lot of it is that can be done with that, even though you're not facing live bullets and contact as a quarterback. And then from there, uh, it's everyone talks about, and it's very obvious, uh, route running and timing with receivers, right? Where do guys like the ball? Some guys like it. If you're going to miss, you'd rather miss, you know, forehead or up. Obviously, the ideal throw, you put the you put the ball on everyone's chin. But some guys have no problem kind of extending up. Other guys prefer in tight windows to have the ball into their body. So outside of just getting used to how guys run routes, it's also how do they how can I put the ball in the best position for them to have the highest likelihood of success. But that also comes into play with running backs. Running back tracks are a little different. Some guys like the ball more up in their pads. Some guys like it down in the belly. And it's not just figuring those things out, but then it's repping them over and over and over again to where things just feel comfortable and natural. 
You know, Rubel never let you talk this long. I think this is why you like coming on BYU Sports Nation. Riley Nelson with us. So, look, you transferred in. Keaton Slovis transferred in. Put yourself in his shoes and Cougar Nation in, in his shoes. And, and what, what's he trying to get done here this spring? I hope that he is trying just every day and in every minute in meetings, in the locker room, uh, in every interaction with his teammates to prove that he is the guy. I am always leery of situations where a guy is brought in and there is an expectation that he is the starter without ever having putting the pads on. Uh, now, Keaton Slovis has started at two other P5 programs. We, You've got film on him. You can see everything that he's doing. So you don't necessarily have questions about whether or not the guy can play. But as we saw with the neighbors to the north, right, they bring in a guy who threw for 10,000 yards in the Big 12, and they hand the ball to him game one without – well, it turns out that the other guy who had been in the program previously who had kind of sat and waited his turn, he was – actually the guy of course i'm referring to charlie brewer and cam rising and i dealt with that a lot different i came in and sat behind max like i knew there was a pecking order i knew i had to earn myself as the backup and thing but then immediately i find myself in a situation where that expectation was there for jake like the expectation was okay he's a true freshman so maybe he doesn't start game one but you know we need to get we need to pave the way so that he is in there he is the guy and that is a dangerous place both it's dangerous culturally, and it's a dangerous place for the players because you never know what a guy has until, you know, those live bullets start coming at him in, in the field of play with the, with the teams around him. So I hope Keaton, re regardless of his starting prowess and his resume coming, comes in here like a true freshman would, wanting to absolutely, you know, earn the respect of his teammates, coaches, staff, and everybody else. Uh, from the ground up. From what I know about him, I don't know him personally. I haven't had the chance to meet him, but everything I hear about him is he is doing that. He is going about the right way. But anytime there's any sniff of entitlement, uh, it should make you nervous for a football team's culture. You know what, Riley? I gotta. I could. I can testify to that. Um, obviously, I was a part um, of that of that quarterback battle with you and, and Jake and Spring. And you know, I don't know if you heard this story. I just started saying it, so I I apologize. I'm confessing. I remember going into that spring ball and I kind of was, I was tilted towards Jake, right? And, and going back to your point of, um, you know, it, it's not a really good situation to be in from a culture standpoint, and, it's, and especially because I already had chosen size, right? So much to where I remember dropping balls, like dropping interceptions when he was throwing them to me, uh, just because I wanted him to win. So, you know, I-, I That's I, like I, a gross violation of the code. I, you know, I, I know, I know. And then it got to the point where, I remember getting an interception from him, and he came over to me, and he was like, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, you stop throwing me the ball then. Stop, stop throwing it on my side. Throw it on Brandon's side. So, um, but you know what? So I, I apologize. And going back to what you said, yeah, like we, we kind of were divided in the locker room because we already had in our mind. I mean, it, it was Team Riley, and then it was Team Jake. Instead of just letting you guys, you know, um, go out and, and earn it, um, and then and then let the team follow whoever, you know, they, they decided. And, you know, you saw that last year or the, the, the next year when you came in um, for Jake, Utah State. And I would say this, I, I kind of righted my wrongs because I was I did stand up and start cheering Riley, Riley. So, you know, I, I feel like I got your back in, in that sense. But I think you're absolutely right, man, when it when it comes to, um, you know, making sure that these quarterbacks prove themselves.
every situation is different, right? We're taught we're now 10 years or more than 10 years removed from that, right? That that competition was happening in spring of 2010. So we're 13 years removed from it. So I, I don't always need to bring it up, but it is a personal experience that I have uh, to be able to speak to situations like this. It's a new coaching staff. Heck, it's a new day. Like these players are different. Transferring was back then you still had to sit out a year, right? And uh, the, even the rankings have gotten so much more mature, right? So Jake came in as a four-star back then and the rankings and all this, but it's just, I guess I'll just say this. Everyone thinks they know what they have, and but no one really knows until you see it on the field. And so you're just you just do your best to create as much stressful game-like situations as you can during spring. You're obviously going to ramp that up even more in fall camp. And you just, as a coach, you hope you make the right decision. You're trotting the, the right decision out there, game one, week one. Uh, and if you're not, hopefully that you've given the opportunity to develop other guys uh, in the depth chart that can come in and do what needs to be done. I'm just glad we were able to get together to get this off your chest after all these years. I, I, you know, I feel so bad because, you know, I, I would consider Riley, you know, one of my good friends. He was actually in, the, in the, my very first class um, that I took here at BYU, which is Pearly Great Price, which is very interesting. But, I mean, he's been with me, you know, every that's step of the way. That's my fire, baby. That's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I still remember to this day every other word the teacher said. I said, who? Joseph, who he saw what what happened, and Riley would you know yeah, bend over and whisper to me. So you stick with Riley. You know he yeah you, you know he uh, he I, I I love Riley and and so that's why I wanted to get off my chest because I I, I felt yeah. bad. I feel I better that you, you feel bad. Thank you, I appreciate. I'll right. forgive him, man. Hey, Thank I'm you. sorry for not throwing you more picks. You could know, <laughs> have you could have helped him out. Right. Uh, one thing that Slovis does have is 34 starts against P5 opponents going into the Big 12 where there's a run of 10 straight P5 starting with Arkansas. Uh, that experience alone should give him enough street cred, and it sounds like it has for everyone to go, we're following you because we've actually never been there. Exactly, and I thought I was super excited. I, I knew they had to go to the portal. Once Jaron announced, uh, I knew every, we all knew, right? It wasn't insider information. We knew we had to go to the portal. It was just a question of who are we going to get? Are, are you going to get a disgruntled backup? Are you going to – you know, what What are really your options? I think to land a player of the caliber of Keaton Slovis was an absolute win for Roderick and Kalani and all those guys. Look, coaching change at USC, right? And then he goes to Pitt, and I'm sure you guys have documented it, but and, and most serious BYU football fans have too. He goes there, and then the coach that recruited him there takes another job, and he kind of left – he gets stuck in a situation that wasn't the one that he chose, right? It kind of got switched on him last minute – and so I know he's just looking for stability. He's looking for uh, an opportunity to showcase his um, to showcase what he can do as a player in a stable environment. I think he has that in BYU. Obviously, Coach Sitake has been here, and I don't think there's any questions about his role as being the leader of this program. You have the same thing with Aaron Roderick and the leader and, and play caller and offensive coordinator. And so, you know, for Keaton Slovis to come here and lead us into our first season in the Big 12, honestly, it's the best – it's, it's probably the best situation that you could ever ask for. Let's stick with the quarterback theme. The uh, quarterbacks for the alumni game were announced earlier today. Uh, Ty Detmer coming back, Max Hall, John Beck, and Brandon Doman. Fabulous four selections. My question, and Matt Berry's also in that group, but my question for you is, 
Was the NIL situation what kept you away from committing <laughs> to this year's game? Were you were you seeking something that they could not deliver? So, you know, they kept on, like, trying to – so Billy and the equipment staff were always so good to uh, give us, Mitch and I, and, you know, Greg's always got to be dressed to the nines, but they gave us a nice little, like, care package for being on the broadcast team, right? So, like, I kept my gear, and so – I didn't negotiate in dollars. I was negotiating <laughs> gear, and the gear package just wasn't quite there. And they kept saying, well, you've got that gear from the broadcast team. I was like, that was a separate contract. But no, I'm kidding, Dave. <laughs> I would uh, Look, um, the, the thing about quarterback is only one dude can play in an alumni situation. You can't have all of us. All, there's not enough pass attempts to go around, right? Um, because you want to see guys get in there. You want to get a rhythm. Heck, that the shoulder joint takes is going to take at least half a dozen throws to loosen up for any of us. So uh, I didn't get the invite this year, but uh, for future years, I'll be down there with my boys. We watched it on TV uh, last year, yeah. but this year, as long as it's not snowing, we plan to be in the stadium and hope to have a great time. I see a day when there's the left-handed Riley throwing against the left-handed Steve in a clash of titans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That'd be a good one. And you know what? I'm already like I'm get I get I'm like giddy about the fact that I'm gonna get showed up by a guy 30 years old. <laughs> I know that's gonna happen. Come on, man! A Hall of Famer. There are levels to this game. I am not. I, I I didn't get the invite this year. I hope to have it in the future. I will say yes whenever I do get the invite. But look, man, I'm self aware enough. There's a ranking order to this. It goes Heisman. You know. Then you got NFL draft picks and John Beck and Brandon Doman. Then you've got the all-time winningest quarterback in BYU history and Max Hall. Like I am not. Uh, I don't think you know. I don't think those guys got their name chanted. You know, like you did. You know, <laughs> Riley, Riley, Riley. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, there's levels, but then there, there's also levels of competition. And I know you don't back down at all. I'll stay warm, you know, because I will always pride myself on my athleticism. If it does get too cold for you, B-Log, I'll step in, you know, play some of that field corner for Oh, you. please, please. We, I mean, we can make a deal right now. We can, we can rotate every three plays. I'm, I'm okay, good for that. One thing we do know is, is, is there's a list of the toughest quarterbacks in BYU history, and, and Riley Nelson's right at the top. Absolutely. Right no, at the top. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for your time. We'll see, uh, we'll see you down here at the alumni game here in a, in a few weeks. And, and uh, best of luck to you moving forward. We'll see you soon. You bet. Always a pleasure. BYU baseball is back on the road tonight, opening a, a three-game series against Creighton. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern on the BYU radio app. I feel like we had a spiritual type uh, awakening today with you coming clean. I feel amazing. After all I these feel years. so light. Like now, when I see him, like that hug, is, the hug is going to be a little bit more genuine. That's, you know what I mean? We're going to get that on TV on BYU TV <laughs> live on March 31st. Coming up, which home football game would you like to see an Air Force flyover? for the coming season. Let's see, there's the season opener, the Big 12 opener, Oklahoma. Think about it, we'll discuss as BYU Sports Nation continues. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, Snapchat. He's Brian. <laughs> I'm Dave. Let's whip it. The whip around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark told the media yesterday, quote, I continue to have conversations with Gonzaga, but there are other things right now that I'm focused on, end quote. You know what else he's... Oh, go ahead. 
How excited are you to see the Zags potentially follow BYU to the Big 12? I think they are going to. Uh, it, it, I, it, talking about what he's focused on, Dennis Dodd just put out a story this morning. There's something going on. Yeah. Your mark's going to get some teams from the Pac-12. Right. Yeah. It's a matter of when, and that win could be pretty soon. But the the war drums are, are, are sounding that there's going to be a snag. And if, if, if they snag Arizona, they're going to snag some other schools as well. That seems to be going down. I think Gonzaga's on the back burner, but it's coming. BYU will celebrate its first year in the Big 12 this fall if they schedule an Air Force flyover. Which game do you hope they choose? The season opener on September 2nd, the Big 12 opener against Cincinnati General Conference weekend, or the Oklahoma game? It's got to be the Big 12 opener. It's got to be. Friday night? Friday night. The only thing they run into trouble with is darkness. If the game's starting too late. Ooh. So I think the schedule's going to have to accommodate. Can we, can we start the game a little bit earlier? You yeah. can make that happen. You know what I like? I'd you like, know people. I'd like three flyovers. <laughs> the start, the middle, and the end uh, oh with the Oklahoma game. There's going to be some. Yeah. Dave Almodova and his crew are working on things. Start times will be a key, but it's going to be going, stuff going on in the sky and on the field as BYU joins the Big 12. Yeah, exciting times. If you miss any interviews, shows, or games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app to get all of the BYU TV sports content on demand. NCAA championships begin tomorrow for track and field. Pole vaulter Caleb Witzkin joins us live from Albuquerque. There he is. This just ahead of his big day at the championships. More BYU Sports Nation coming up after this. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're live here in Studio B. Brian Logan, Dave McCann. Time for the track and field NCAA championships. The indoor championships start tomorrow in Albuquerque for the BYU men and women. Our pleasure to welcome pole vaulter Caleb Witzkin live from Albuquerque this morning. All right, you're one day away. How's it feel? Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I'm uh, super excited to be here, and thank you guys so much for having me. Um, you know, great, great to talk to you all, and uh, we're just here to give it everything we've got. Caleb, do you, do you have any, um, like, pregame rituals or, like, superstitions that you, that you <laughs> go through? <laughs> oh, you know, I think everyone has some superstitions. Uh, I'm, I'm a very mental person. You know, pole vault's very mental, so I try and, I try and do some, you know. I uh, think through what I'm going to do the day, the day of. I think through uh, all the cues that I'm going to focus on. I have my lucky uh, arm sleeve that I wear. I got my face paint ready. So, you know, we're, we're going to be all, all uh, ready for tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Hey, let, tell us about the face paint. When did you come up with the idea of the, of the blue streak? <laughs> you know, uh, that's a funny story. I actually started watching this show called uh, Vikings. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's pretty cool. And... I found out that I have some relations to, you know, those people, the Vikings in my in my heritage. So I said, you know, might as well, yeah, there it is, might as well, uh, you know, embrace the heritage and and look like my ancestors. So and it's just kind of for fun, you know, it's nothing, nothing crazy, but it helps me uh, get in the right in the in the right mood and the right mindset. I think <laughs> if the Vikings uh, were to watch you pole vault they might be going what have you lost your mind when you, get <laughs> you know I, I was just yeah. wondering if it was going to be a, an honor code violation you know with the blue streak you know I, 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 I like it I, I like it a lot um yeah uh, so Caleb this is your, your third time at, at nationals um anytime I've prepared for a big game I've always had butterflies been nervous um but but this you know at, at, at the highest level you're, you're able to to to, to compete 
Um, how has this time been your third time uh, helped you to prepare, uh, you know, better? And, and, and again, for somebody like me, having the butterflies, you know, coming in my first time, this is your third time. Uh, what's this experience like with the preparation? Yeah, for sure, Brian. I mean, I definitely get the same feeling every time, the, the nervousness, the butterflies. This is, you know, the biggest meet that we have. So, um, but I definitely feel a lot more relaxed uh, coming back for the third time. I know a lot of the guys that I'm going to jump against and, you know, we're all pretty good friends. So it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, I'm honestly more excited now than, than nervous. I think the first time I was a lot more nervous than excited, but it's kind of flip-flop now. And I think I just try and focus whenever I get that, you know, anxious feeling. I just try and focus on uh, what I need to do, you know, focus on the task. Don't worry too much about the outcome. And it usually works itself out, you know. <laughs> well, you're a two-time All-American, so you got that going for you for this final <laughs> shot at the National That's Championship. True. We're going to watch your jump here. 18 feet, 6.57, 6.75 inches, third best all-time at BYU, fifth nationally. Uh, will a jump like that be good enough to win it, or do you got to take it even higher? <laughs> Um, I think in years past, you know, that might have might have been able to win win the whole thing, but definitely not anymore. Um, I think I'm gonna have to uh, jump at least a few centimeters, a few inches higher, to have a chance at winning it. Um, yeah, th there's definitely it's the, you know the sport's definitely improved. There's a lot of really good guys out there, and and I'm happy for that. You know, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of uh, raising the bar. Let's just call it <laughs> raising the bar. Pun, well said. Is that pun intended? <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so we, we were just watching um, uh, you, that, the, the post on, on Instagram. Walk, walk us through step by step of, of how you go about the execution of that. You, like the jump? Yep, the jump. Like what you do. Yeah, so I mean, um, pole vault's all, all about physics, right? You've got to build up as much speed as possible um, and then turn it into into height, obviously there at the end. So um, you start way back at the runway, about 130 feet back is where I start. And you know you take about 18 steps, um, just building up speed the whole way. And then um, you, you try and get your hands up and you're you know, as tall as possible, just get some big arms. You push the pole away, it bends. You try and swing upside down. You can kind of see the trail leg swings through, you get upside down and then you extend right there. And then at the top, you're trying to pike, you know, get as much height out of it as possible. Um, yeah, it's very technical, kind of like gymnastics combined with track. You just you're running as fast as you can, doing some gymnastics in the air, trying to hoping that bar stays on, you know. <laughs> and yes. You can see I brushed it pretty good there, but I, I got lucky on that one. So I, I'm I'm afraid of heights. Right. So I'm, 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 I would assume that you, <laughs> you wouldn't be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. I would be I would be thinking, you know, while I'm doing this, um, at, at what point? You know, when you're doing this or, or somebody like myself that is scared of heights that, hey, this is good. I'm going over or boom, <laughs> this is bad and I should abort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's def I've definitely had those moments where I take a jump up and I I'm not going that way. I'm going backwards onto the track. So you've got to be careful. It's, it's a dangerous sport. But um, I think it all comes with building confidence. You know, you take you take one jump up. It feels good. Uh, you change a few things, you do it again, and uh, just building on the things that you did previously, you know, you can you can get to the point where you're jumping, you know, 18, 19 feet, and you're not uh, you're not scared. And I think it actually honestly has a lot to do uh, mentally with how confident you are. Um, if you're tentative and you're scared, you know, you you actually might get rejected back onto the runway. Uh, you might hurt yourself. But if you're just confident in your abilities and you go for it, and you have that aggressive mindset, I think you usually end up okay landing on the pads and everything's safe. <laughs> Caleb Witzkin's with us live from Albuquerque the day before the NCAA Indoor 
championships beyond the vault. You got a lot going on for you. Tremendous student, highest score you can possibly get in the MCAT. What's next for you <laughs> after this weekend once you finish at BYU? Yeah, I mean, thanks for asking, Dave. I'm, I'm really excited about the future. Um, I've had a great time here at BYU, but it's definitely you know, time to move on after this semester. Um, I'm going to medical school, and uh, I have a few. You know, I might be going to Texas. Um, I've got a few offers there or um, perhaps somewhere else in Arizona. We, we're not sure yet, so we're still figuring that out, but definitely going to med school. Hopefully I'll be a doctor someday and uh, you know, give back a little bit to the community that's you know, helped me get to where I am. You know what you should do? You should put a tweet out that's got the logos of like the six medical school programs, <laughs> kind of like what we see every day for these kids in the transfer portal. Say, hey, oh, here's yeah. my top six and make them all sweated out. <laughs> and then you'd announce uh, later which one you're going to choose. You, you should, you should even to. announce it at, like, on, on the show. Yeah, right, announce get, it on the get, show. Get some hats. Have a reveal with some hats. <laughs> some hats. With some hats. That, that would be fun. Caleb will help you through that. <laughs> we, can, we can have a, a whole lot of fun for... For somebody, those options just aren't available to everybody. One, you just got to be really, really smart to get there. And, and uh, boy, we <laughs> congratulate you. Good job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Caleb, I didn't even know what an MCAT was Thank until, you. you know, this, this, <laughs> this morning. So, you know, I, um, Uncle Dave is right. Um, and so we, we also understand that you are a piano player. Um, what's your favorite <laughs> piece to play? Man, you guys know a lot more about me than I know about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, my, honestly, my favorite piece, I, lo I love the piano, yeah, I, and I'm sure a lot of people at BYU you know, love playing the piano. I, I love this song called uh, Pirates of the Caribbean by Jared Radnick. I don't know if you've ever um, – you, you go look him up. He's honestly amazing, and I can't play the song as well as he does. But, um, yeah, very inspiring, just very uh, – very cool music. So, yeah, I love playing that. <laughs> there is a link, and I've seen it with our kids um, who grew up playing musical instruments, especially the piano. Uh, academic success, uh, it seems to be directly tied with early music musical. lessons. Is that, <laughs> has, have you seen that? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd have to see that st statistic, but I think you guys give me too much credit. I, don't, I honestly don't think I'm as smart or as good at piano as, as you all think I am. Um, I just, I just like to put in some hard work, and I think a lot of athletes, you know, know that feeling of the only way to get good at something is to put in the time. And so maybe there is a correlation because if you put in enough time in at the piano, you're willing to put in time in your studies. And so maybe that's the correlation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's something. There's yeah, something. That, that makes sense. There's Women something. sent ten athletes to nationals. You won a six for the men. Um, BYU indoor and outdoor track and field cross country is next level. Do you feel the program's Big 12 ready already? Oh, definitely. Um, at least I hope it is. I think, you know, we've been on the, on the track and, and cross country side of things. We've been doing our best building the program. You know, our coach, Coach Ivestone and my coach, Coach Robbie and Coach Rick, they're amazing coaches. You know, they, they push us and they're not just coaches. You know, they, they build us as people and as, as students. So um, I definitely think BYU is ready to take that next step. And I think we're ready to compete on the next level. And, you know, we have athletes that are, are uh, ready for that for sure. Well, Caleb, we send you some BYU Sports Nation karma. It's real stuff. It seems to help. Oh, man. Is that how we do it? Yeah. This is how Jeremy and Spencer do it. You got to put it out this way. You got to give it to him. We're there giving we it to you. We're giving it to you. Hey, <laughs> go win a national championship in your last hurrah at BYU. You deserve it. Best of luck this weekend. Hey, thank you guys so much. It was great talking to you. And, uh, yeah, I'll do my best to make you all proud. <laughs> all right. Say hi to the rest of the team. Good job. Good luck. Fantastic. Will do. Thank you.
All right. All right. Circle, March 31st on your calendar. I don't recall calendar. the guys doing this for the karma. That's, I know. I'm doing it. We do it the right that way. Kinda, that's the, that's the that right was? way. Yeah, you got to. It was different gotta, for me. I'm just telling you. You got to have the You got to have the touch. So, March 31st. We, we've been saying this all day. Circle the calendars right now. It's BYU football all day long, starting with a two-hour BYU Sports Nation Alumni Day special at noon Eastern. The spring scrimmage is at 5 Eastern. And then the alumni game is after that at 7 Eastern. Join us Friday, March 31st, right here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It felt more like a seance a little bit. What does that word mean? I don't know. <laughs> Coming up, a rise and shout out to men's basketball, the team that took BYU where no team had gone before and no team has gone since. This is BYU Sports Nation. Can you speak? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day is this. Which BYU alum are you most excited to watch play in the alumni game? March 31st on BYU TV. Nolan Mickelson on Twitter says, excited to see what plays Max Hall has in the playbook. You know he's putting a playbook together. Yeah. He came up with one last year. He's going to have some new stuff. I, and know, only now he and Ty have oh, combined together. I didn't think about that one. In response, our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, Sarah Bobo on Instagram. Beck to Harleen, baby. Beck to Harleen. <laughs> That is the matchup. That is. Beck can throw to Harleen again, and there's a good chance he's probably going to be open. I'm happy I'm on their team, I think. Yeah, I think you are. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Kudos to the 1981 men's basketball team 42 years ago this weekend. They started a march that's never been duplicated. Danny Ainge and the guys beat Princeton, UCLA, Notre Dame to reach the Elite Eight for the one and only time in program history. Jimmer got close, but the 81 team still stands alone. Thanks to Riley Nelson and Caleb Witzkin. Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer joins the show tomorrow. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Shout out to Steve Trumbo. See you tomorrow. Go Cougs.